0: joining Hunkering Down with Peter Shorsch is one of the most important people in the state, someone who has had the ear of governors, uh, people listen to her. She Her guidance right now is especially important because her industry, the restaurant industry and lodging industry is under direct attack from the coronavirus. Um, I wanted to get her on. Carol Dover, how are you?
1: Well, great. Thank you, Peter. Thank you for asking me to come on. I guess you know we're better today than we were six weeks ago. Let's say that at least we see that. Oh, that's little such a good edit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, as I've mentioned probably a hundred times in Twitter world and on Facebook, uh, my dad was a um, a chef. Um, mm-hmm. I was a waiter. I have a, a, a soft spot for the restaurant industry and. You know, I'm not, not not that anything that I'm doing is important, but I, I've made sure to do whatever uh, we can by going to the restaurants that we continue to frequent and try and, you know, send them business because my heart breaks for, you yeah. know, so many of the cooks and the dishwashers and the bartenders and the and a lot of these places are also the is also the owner or the, the, right. the, the, the hostess is also the owner uh, especially when you get into some of the small restaurants right. can you give me a sense of i, I what it what is where is the industry at right now
1: the industry is still very broken peter we are you know the ppp has been a challenge i sit on both the national restaurant association and the american hotel and lodging boards where we meet regularly trying to get some some help federally but it's Still very challenging. You know, the unemployment system has also been very challenging. Our industry is is suffering. But like I said when we started, I'm I'm think today was the first day. I've already been on numerous calls with chapters around the state that there there's some hope. And the hope is that now we get to open a little bit up on Monday, a little bit further. I, I think of it as a dimmer switch. So we've had this dimmer switch turned all the way down to just take out, but the governor is allowing us to turn the dial up just a little bit and, and go to 25%. So people are starting to see that there is hope that they can get back to some form of normalcy.
0: Do you, what do you think? Um, all right. It's Monday, May 4th. What, what will it look like for um, going into a restaurant? Like what will, what like I'm I'm walking into the door. Um, what does a I don't know 80 to 150 seat restaurant look like on that day?
1: Well, let let's say this. Um, we're trying to thread that needle so carefully between not wanting to look like a hospital or a medical facility, and remembering that tourism is our lifeline in Florida, and and we don't ever want to take away that that gleam of hospitality and what we, you know, what we give back to a community. But we also realize that particularly in the beginning, I think you're going to see a lot of hand washing stations, sanitizers on the table, masks being worn by some of the staff, Uh, the good news for our industry is that things like taking temperatures wearing a mask and wearing gloves are all in our guidelines and we have the cdc and the fda on our on our task force nationally they're all still at the discretion of the operator so i'm pleading with our industry to obey the guidelines do not allow you know, large groups and gatherings and set ourselves up for any kind of a setback, but to also try to find that fine line between not looking still like a a restaurant and a hospitality industry or a hotel for that matter.
0: You know, I I keep saying this in all of my pod or all the podcast interviews that I've had that the thing that has struck me the most about this entire epidemic is how well Americans and Floridians have responded. Um, That I think like three weeks ago, I saw a Bloomberg article and it said something like, Hey, we're pretty good at this working from home thing. And I, I'm constantly reminded like in my, in my own town that, you know, crime is down, that there hasn't, you know, we haven't seen the, I mean, I know there's some terrible, domestic violence stuff going on and spiking of that. But I, kn- we haven't seen like the purge out there. Um, right. And part of it is also like, so Saturday night we were, we just decided, you know what, we're just going to go get cocktails to go take out. Even if we don't eat it, we're just going to support the restaurants that we love. Um right. Christoph down at uh, at his restaurant and got a charcuterie board and we went to Steve Westfall's place on Beach Drive. That's awesome. Uh, and I will say, I bring it all together by this. Everybody was on good behavior. They got it. They, like, people were lining up for basically cocktails to go. So it was kind of like this outdoor freewheeling kind of bar scene. But people weren't, like, congregating and ruining it at the same right. time they they understood what was going on here and yeah. it kind of gave me and that was everywhere would and maybe that's just st pete but that was everywhere in downtown st pete where people were like no you wait or i'll wait you go into the uh, and get your food and then you know uh, um avoiding you know each other not touching too much um and i just i uh, there's a restaurant up here noble crust in st petersburg that's a very popular place the people are in line with their masks on and they're respectful. And I just, you know, Carol, I really believe people are gonna be on their best behavior. And I might be totally wrong and Florida man may come out, but I really, I really believe that.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm i with you on that, Peter. I think that this was probably one of the biggest half-halts in any of our lives uh, that we've seen. You know, we, um Two months ago, none of us expected to be six weeks working from home. And people are now, you know, sometimes you have to take away from people. I know it's happened to me personally. You have to take away what we take for granted to appreciate what we once had. And I can tell you that so many things personally have come out of this for me. And I and I know a lot of people because I've been asking that question. And I I think that when people do get back, our job is to stress to them, don't mess it up. Like, obey the rules. Don't, don't, you know, those pictures of the beaches were so disturbing because they were old pictures. A lot of them were not even valid. I mean, they were from, you know, spring break a year ago. Mm -hmm. And so we, but we don't need that to happen. We don't want, you know, to set ourselves up with, you know, a restaurant jam packed with people sitting up at the bar, elbow to elbow. We have to obey the rules because if we do, I believe that phase two and phase three are going to come quickly. But not if we don't obey. All
0: right. So we've talked about the R in the FRLA. Let's talk about the the lodging side. Um, I gotta. I'm just gonna admit it as soon as the order got lifted we booked a hotel out on st pete beach just because you know like you i've gone from session and into this i just need a day off i I, I'm, i'm i know there are people that are working out there i hope people know how hard i've been working but i just need a day off so we're gonna go out to the beach and it's interesting no housekeeping obviously no room service Right. Uh, no bar. And that's fine. Like we again, we know it. We're just we're literally just trying to go get some fresh air. Um, how is the lodging side uh, of the of this of, you know, the state's tourism industry? How are they looking right now? What's the what's the short term future for them?
1: In all honesty, Peter, some of the lodging um, parts of this executive order are still 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 confusing and we're trying to really weed through and figure out exactly what can we and cannot do so i don't want to get too far out mm. on a limb that i that i would admittedly tell you that i feel like we still have questions because lodging was intended to be for essential only so right now you know we don't have tourists in our state you know so lodging has been housing thank thank you to the industry, many COVID patients, first responders, elderly, Um, but now that this is, you know, starting to change and the executive order is expiring and we're going into a new phase, we're wanting to make sure, like, how, how much can a hotel open their door now? We know most of our hotels have restaurants, so we already know the answer to that, 25%. Outdoor seating. Most of our hotels have areas inside where you can go sit outside, and that's highly recommended. But um I think like anything else, it's just going to be that, that very dimmer switch slowly dialing up because they can't afford right now to put on full staff. So I'll be anxious to hear how your, how your trip is because <laughs> I, I'm... I'm equally as curious because I'm dying to get to a hotel myself and, and just begin to patronize the industry.
0: I know that you're um, uh, close with Governor Scott. He's been, or excuse me, Senator Scott, he's been in the news. Uh, basically, he's been making the argument, hey, um, we're going to have a hard time getting people back to work because the unemployment incentives are, are too good right now. Uh, some people have been critical of the way he has said that. I'm going to put that aside and just talk about the policy itself because I think I read an article by Chef Tom Colicchio, the host of Top Chef, who was a famous yep. New York chef. Uh, yep. I know you know him, but for the yep. audience that doesn't. He was basically saying the same thing. Um, and I don't think that they were both saying it because they're both bald. I think that they both recognize <laughs> that, that if you give a – 275 dollars from the state and 600 from the federal government listen i was a waiter there were a lot of weeks when i did not make 875 dollars a week i don't think i'm going to be making it if there's only 25 percent capacity so what do you how do we deal with that kind of perverse incentive right now
1: Peter that is a great question. Uh, again, the the federal groups that I'm working with, we have these conversations every single day. Like why would my staff want to come back to work? Well, you come to things like remembering that unemployment doesn't last forever. You mm-hmm. can take you can live in that for 4 months, but you know in the next 4 months, this industry may be real well back on our feet and and people will be wishing they had that job that they turned down at that time so we're trying to make sure that we encourage use the system if you need it but for god's sakes when we're back open and and you have a choice to go back to work and and have something long term we are hoping that people will choose use number two go back to work you know get 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 a job that you are guaranteed in most instances are gonna last a lot longer than four weeks. And and it's, in, it's you know, how do you get people to take the personal responsibility that what's in the best interest of a state and a country? And that is not to have people sitting on the couch at home on unemployment, it's to be part of the economic solution to this crisis and that is to take the jobs as they're coming back online and with a smile and be happy and work hard because we will bounce back. We all know that we are a resilient state, country, industry and this industry, we are so fortunate, Peter, it's Florida. Like I, I talk to my colleagues from all my other 49 other states and, and I, I hear some really sad stories because they're very seasonal states, like the whole state is seasonal, three mm-hmm. months out of the year. And we're not, it's Florida. You know what? Come on down 12 months out of the year. Happy to have you, 850 miles from those beautiful beaches, great restaurants, great hotels, super good entertainment. And we are blessed to have that commodity itself. And people need to realize Are you healthier to be a part of the solution? Are you, or what are you doing to not be part of it and break the backs of government? And that's, I just hope people will choose the right choice and that's to go back to
0: work. I don't want to put you uh, in the, you know, as a kitchen manager here, but I just, this is something, I'm just so attracted to the restaurant industry. I'm trying to figure out, um, Solutions myself. Have you talked to any owners or or people like? How is the ordering gonna go here? How is like? I'm thinking about Cisco, and I'm like, how do you? I mean, that's a a restaurant is a dynamic, beautiful place. You know, you get fresh stuff in, you sell it, you get fresh, you get more fresh stuff. It's not right. a warehouse, no. um, and so you got to know how many uh, filet mignons you're selling Friday night, right? How's that working? How's the uh, supply side of the restaurant industry working? Incredibly
1: challenging right now. Most of our restaurants have told us, and to your point, I'm talking to not one or two, numerous of them every day. Um, they, most of them, will tell you it takes two weeks, sometimes at a minimum, to get ramped back up, get the supplies back in, get you know get the POS system back up and operating. Um, and so we, and, and then there's the trickle down. Where do the supplies come from? You know, our farmers. Well, many of our farmers have just had to bury food in the dirt because they've had so much waste, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that the the right arm is supporting the left arm. So just to say that, I mean, you know, we've got to get the farmers up and running. Then the, the, the restaurants now know. Once before they close, what did we look like? What were we ordering for week at this level? So, there's a no question: a lot of mistakes are going to be made. I'm sure that at the end of the night, in many restaurants, there's either going to be too much food left over, or maybe, darn, I wanted that ribeye so bad, and they ran out of my favorite ribeye. Um, but it'll it'll balance out. It, it's just time. And I, I've told my kids this their whole life growing up. Every time there's a problem in life, I always say, I wish I could give you time in a bottle and, and you could flip it, the little sand thing over and the, and it could run out really fast because you can't buy time in a bottle. So this is that time in a bottle. We're going to have to live through this dialing up process while that sand is just trickling out of the, the power glass, and then it will settle out and it will eventually get back to normal. And I can't wait for that day
0: you and me both um how is Brittany doing i don't know your other uh-huh. children i don't think so but how's Brittany doing
1: britney's great you know she works for secretary laurel lee and they've yep. been incredibly busy you know it's like election show. we got to remember november is going to come whether covid's here or not so
0: and they had a scare at their office what yes. yesterday or yes uh, I about that yeah code. Yeah. Uh, just for the people listening i think that a uh division of elections or Department of State Division of Elections uh employee uh came down with symptoms or tested positive and so that they had to evacuate or they had to send everyone home but as you, as we're alluding to elections don't stop and yeah. especially there's court rulings going on right now there's candidate qualifying a lot of that stuff has to be done in person um and so it's been it's been a it's challenge. a challenging
1: time yeah. Yeah. And then right. there's, you know, you know, I can't be on your show and not say this, you know, and then we still got a defeat amendment too. Right. So that, and, the, and for those who don't know, that's the increase of minimum wage to $15 an hour. And let me tell you, if you don't think our industry could not have handled that before COVID-19, you know, that makes us feel a little bit like the thing at the fair where you just keep whack them all over the head, over the head, over the head. If you put that on the backs of our industry, on top of this, it'll be catastrophic. There's no question.
0: Is so. there a way that we can just table uh, the constitutional amendments for for at least two years, just like, you know, like, come on, we don't even know. Right. I almost think like, and I, this is this would be impossible, but it's like the legislature needs to go, wait a second, do we need to implement, like the laws that we just passed three months ago, are they still applicable Right. in a, a coronavirus world because um, yeah. who knows I, I I don't know all right, right let's let, let's talk um, let's talk fun stuff uh, okay. for, well not, not fun stuff but um, what was your last normal night like uh, I guess it's almost two months now that no. people have been impacted by this but do you remember your last normal day and night and how that was
1: you know it's really funny that you asked that. I was in DC um, with our lobby day our federal lobby day and with the uh, National Restaurant Association and and I saw um, you know several of our congressmen that weeks later came down positive but I remember you know we all went to a great restaurant we had great wine we walked the halls of the Capitol and, you know, doing the all American thing, you know, lobbying on behalf of the rights of the, the restaurant industry and then got home and then bam, you know, it was like, wow, uh, you no, know, I travel every week, Peter. I'm in an airplane and in a hotel room, you know, three to four days a week. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, you realize we're not doing that anymore. You know, and, and then it took me about, I was about a week later than most everybody closing the office. Uh, I kept, I just kept waking up thinking it's a nightmare. This really is, this is just going to be, you know, like the flu and, and it wasn't. And all of a sudden that was it, you know, the shade closed quick to quick, but, um, but I'll never forget that DC trip now because it was, you know, was the last kind of like you said normal normal trip because i do them every week and i don't know if they'll ever be as normal again you know we've canceled our board meetings our conventions our all of our everything think about it. i mean for our industry we've canceled everything up until the fall
0: you're, you're i i don't i don't know if there will be a normal and i've been If you've listened to this podcast, you know, I've been one of the people that was kind of, I don't know, scared about this earlier than most. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just like, I still, I'm still a, um, I don't know, I'm a COVID, I'm I'm one of those people that's like, there is going to be a second wave. It is going to be, you know, very difficult. I think we do need to, you know, the quickest that we ever had a vaccine before on a major thing was four years. I think that was for mumps. Um, you know, I think at best what we're going to end up with is coming up with a, a Tamiflu kind of solution for this. But if you have two major influenzas uh, during the fall and winter, you know that's a lot of that's a that's a, that's a that puts a tremendous tremendous strain on the healthcare system. Um, okay. And that's and that's a best case scenario at this point. That's but right. I think also the economic, you know. I've never said this to you, but if I were to, there are a few, I love my job in, 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 in Florida politics. I always say, I think I have the best gig, but if I were to trade places with one person, you'd probably be in that Aww. discussion for me, you know. Um, I remember, uh, I, I think you've got a great position. I think you've always given good counsel to uh, other, you know, other leaders. Um, that being said, I wouldn't want your job right now. <laughs> I don't it is a it, it is really tough right now as you're saying yeah. it over the next yeah. like we have a Disney cruise scheduled for October. I mean that's so far off and yet yeah. do you think that I mean, is that really gonna happen like I gotta make the payment right now and I'm like, man, I don't know. Like October, that's a long time to get stuff settled, but yeah. I still don't know.
1: Yeah who knows but the good news is you know people so you know somebody at Disney I I would darn sure make sure that you had insurance to you know make the payment be positive but just make sure that you're covered in case it doesn't go because I know yeah. a lot of people that got caught in that for spring break you know that I had a lot of staff members that were headed on cruises on spring break and and all of a sudden oh I bought insurance well I didn't you know so yeah, oh, it's, it's going to be, I think our, our new norm of ramping up is going to be um, very interesting. It reminds me a little bit of after 9-11, you know, we were so used to going through airports and just going onto our gate. And I remember the first scanner I went through thinking, gosh, I hope this is just temporary. And it's not. Here we are all these years later after 9-11, we still go through security and scanners. I hope that doesn't happen to the hospitality industry. I just hope and pray that we, we have to do what we need to do to build back consumer confidence, get over this hump, get a vaccine out, but then let us get back to what we do best. And that is smiles and hugs and shaking hands and giving people, you know, just that. Warm feeling of hospitality. That's really hard to do with a mask on your face. I found out.
0: So. It, it, or a <laughs> sweet, yeah. sweet little Ella Joyce is like, wait a second, I, like she's endured this really so well. I'm amazed at it. Um, but like, well, she has
1: it, that pony, Peter. She, she did. like that is the sweetest thing. I love watching her and her pony. She Isn't is my I appreciate is my that
0: day. she started. Um, <laughs> She started cantering really well this week and-
1: I, I saw a video. I was like, oh my goodness, look at, look what staying home has done.
0: <laughs> I Yeah, but as a dad, I'm looking at it and I'm like, whoa, slow down. Um, okay, okay. But yeah. I will say that is a godsend that uh, she, that, you know, her activity um, as a, you know, like it wasn't an indoor one. And yes. so, yes. you know, they're able to get out for a couple hours and not like yes. violate the rules or anything like that. So that's yes. been- a little bit of a godsend there um Absolutely.
1: yeah i know every time i hear our governor talk about you know mrs desantis has been inside other than yeah. to have a baby you know it's like i'm so grateful that i live on a farm and we've been able to get out and walk the trails and be with the horses and you know but it yeah it would be very taxing if you had to literally be inside four walls all the time
0: I, I I will say, and I, I want to kind of get it here so that I can go back and point to it. I think part of Governor DeSantis's stress really is related to um, being. A, a, I know he's a, a father already, but having a baby again. Okay. Like I remember, this was about when I hit the wall. Uh, like we're. I remember Ella Joyce may have. Her diaper may have opened up on me, and we're sitting <laughs> outside, and I told Michelle, I'm like, that's it. I'm done. And Michelle's <laughs> like, okay, you can go to bed early tonight and get some sleep, put your pants on, and come back down here, because this isn't changing just because, you know, you've hit the yeah. wall. And I think, like, six, seven weeks, you hit that first wall where you haven't got yeah. the sleep and right. and things. And he's got a whole state on his back as well. Yes, he
1: does. I I admire the job that that he's doing and navigating us through this because you know that's a that's a thankless thing, no matter no matter what position, what decision you make, it's gonna be wrong in the eyes of someone. So right now, I just feel that it's critically important that we allow our leaders to guide us in where they think. And of course, they're allowing us to give input, which I'm incredibly grateful for. We got to submit all of our guidelines for the hotel and restaurant industry. And they accepted almost all of them. So, you know, but then we have to do what we say we're gonna do and not abuse it. So we can open these doors further.
0: All right, let me ask you um, for uh, our last questions always, um, give me a couple recommendations, maybe something you're watching or that you've read or even downloaded or something like that. Uh, Anything stand out right now that you wanna share with the rest of the audience?
1: well I hate to say this because I'm I'm not a I never have time to really watch a lot of TV so I've been spending a lot of time um, doing some self-reflecting you know outside of the fact that I'm I feel like I know more science now than I ever wanted to know you know yeah. because to get back to normal everybody's gonna probably be washing their hands a lot more than than they ever did but um, i you know Peter I just have to say that it, it's not any specific um say show or anything that i've i've zeroed in on i think just having a lot of down there's not really down i'm busier now than i've ever been which is crazy busier now but never hardly ever leaving the house but i you know i have this this one's kind of interesting on easter sunday it you know we all have had our routine. Whatever your routine is, doesn't matter, you know? Mm. Everybody has their own. You know, we were, had the very traditional Easter egg hunt, you know, get all dressed up, go church. <coughs> and then uh, I, I watched more church service than I've ever watched. And I never left the house hardly, you know? it was just. But I thought it was really very surreal that a day that is all about family and festivity was quite quiet. And resolve, and I. uh, But it. But it also gave me an opportunity to reflect on things that I. I'm so guilty of never slowing down enough, you know. And boy, all it takes is a good whack of COVID nineteen in your life, even though I certainly haven't tracked it. It's still, like you said, this is a job that is. It has really changed and altered our path of life, and. I'm grateful in some ways for, for the lessons that I've learned and the time that I've reflected on things um, during this. It's not been easy. I, I had to lay off staff yesterday for the first time in my 25 years as CEO of, as you know, a great trade association. Um, oh, it's tough to do that, but I think I handled it better by virtue of the fact that I. I've had six weeks to really slow down and reflect on things that are far more important than what you and I do every day for a living. Um, Family, friends, health, safety. And and people like you, Peter, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to reflect on some of that.
0: Well, that's a, a great place to end this podcast. Um, one of the, I said she was uh, one of the most important people in Florida politics. She's certainly that and also one of the busiest. We are depending on her leadership uh, as we uh, as we proceed through this crisis, maybe get to phase one or whatever we're saying it is right now. Uh, Carol Dover, I really appreciate you coming on and best to you in the coming months.
1: Thank you, Peter. Thank okay. you for having yeah. me today.